0: Let's praise and worship him, shall we? You are worthy of all the Thank, honor you, Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear Lord. Come on now. I love you, Jesus. I praise and worship your great and mighty King. Oh, Lord, touch every heart and every life here today. Please reach, oh God, we pray. Said, Praise the Lord. All right, good to see you this morning. You have a Bible. We're going to take a look at God's Holy Word. Very happy to be here with you this morning. All right, turn to the book of Acts. That's the fifth book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Very important and pivotal book because that's where the, the Lord chose to give to us the history of the birth of the church, the body of Christ. Not the church building, but the actual church or the body of Christ itself. And uh, I'm turning to the 11th chapter. 11 and 23, verse 23. Who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. I want to minister a little bit this morning on stick with it, stick with it, very simple and uh, very direct, okay, stick with it. As you um, read with me in this 11th chapter of the book of Acts, you are reading about the original church that Jesus has started. And you're reading how that uh, the church was birthed, as you begin the book of Acts, that is, in the last, the the first chapter, you begin to read how that Jesus is getting ready to ascend up into heaven. The, The physical frame of the man, Christ Jesus, known as the Son of God, was glorified. He rose from the dead the third day, and uh, his body had been changed. There was no corruption whatsoever. And uh, as he gave last-minute instructions to above 500 disciples, the Scripture teaches that only about 120 stuck with it. And when he told them that repentance and remission of sins was to be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and that they were to go there and wait for the promise of the Spirit, well, out of that 500, about 120 stuck with what he said. And they went forward. They went to Jerusalem, they went to the upper room, and they began to praise and worship him, bring prayer and supplication to the point that the Spirit of the Lord was poured out on what's known as the day of Pentecost, Pentecost being a Greek word for the feast day, uh, that they worshiped God under the law. And... uh, that was the day of the first fruits of the ingathering of the harvest. All of it was previews from the Old Testament showing what was going to take place in these times in which we live, the New Testament. And so now we're having the literal ingathering of the first fruits of the harvest, the harvest of souls, that he would see the travail of his soul and that the new birth, the church, people would get born again off water and of the Spirit. And as they were filled with the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 2 teaching, then from there they begin to go forth, reaching to other people throughout the city of Jerusalem until they filled the city with the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the apostles doctrine, the apostolic doctrine. And having done so, then it was time to reach out more and more to other people even beyond the jewish but to everybody everywhere it didn't matter what color skin didn't matter what language didn't matter what country or continent or nationality made no difference everybody was to hear and hopefully obey the message of acts 238 they were to repent They were to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and they were to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so, as the church went forth, reaching into different areas, then we, going further and further abroad, then we read here in the 11th chapter that, verse 22, backing up one verse here, then tidings, Of these things. Now, what these were tidings of these things was that people were believing. Okay? People were, uh, even though the church was through persecution, uh, hard times, and adversity, you know, you don't always want to feel that tough time, hard time, difficult time means that something's wrong. The Bible teaches, and I was just telling this to somebody yesterday, doing a little teaching and counseling, that um, in the days of his flesh it is written of Jesus, the Son of God according to the flesh, that he uh, learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He had to contend with his flesh. He was a partaker of this flesh. And he was made after the the image of God, yes, the spirit, but also you want to remember that it brings into like Abraham, okay, and Isaac and Jacob. There was there was this flesh that the Bible said in it, well, no good thing. He had to contend with all kinds of spirits that came around and tried to bring out the worst, as it is written in Romans, uh, when I would do good, I find that evil is present with me. There's that force that doesn't want you to do right, doesn't want you to do the good, wants to separate you. No wonder the writer felt so strongly, and he said, nothing shall separate us, okay, from the love of God. So you and I want to obey the Scriptures and believe the Scriptures, And uh, here, as the the good news was filtering back, now when they were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen, and it traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. In other words, they started telling everybody. They started telling everybody. And this was was making a difficulty for the Jewish, those that were Jewish by nature and background that had lived under the law and been raised in certain ways. And now the, the law has been a schoolmaster and it's brought them to Christ. And they're like, What's going on here? Well, what was going on is that prophecy was being fulfilled that Jesus would be the light to the whole world and it was going to reach to everybody. And then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. That's the headquarters, Mother Church. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, Who? When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and exhorted them all, encouraged them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord and they would stick to the Lord, they would adhere to the Lord, that they would get firmly committed to the Lord, that this wasn't going to be some kind of fly-by-night thing. This isn't what wasn't going designed. To be something that you'd be in it for a short period of time or any period of time and then you would suddenly not that is that's not the teachings of the Scripture and it has nothing to do with this great experience this you cleave to this you stick to this you adhere to you let lots of things come and go but not this okay this great salvation of God. Being in the church, the body of Christ. So, I want to give you another scripture found in the book of Romans, chapter 9, chapter 12 and verse 9. This morning. Romans 12 and 9 reads this way. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. So you don't want to claim this great love of God and so many people talk about the love of God and they don't know what they're talking about. If you want the love of God, get the Holy Ghost. Romans 5 and 5 said that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which he hath given unto us. He's given it to us abundantly. Okay, And so you've got to realize that the love of God in this world is just words. And they want to translate it into some kind of do good, feel good thing. All right? But that's not what your Bible teaches and defines as the love of God. And you can only get that through the experience that Jesus gave his life on the cross for. He gave that flesh on the cross. He laid his life down. He gave his life that you and I might be filled with the gift of God, which is the Holy Ghost, so that we might have the love of God. All right, then. So breaking up, splitting up, you know, going in all kinds of weird directions, chasing after all kinds of other things. That's a dissimulation. And he said, let love be without that. You get a little worried about people who do some of the things they do and then want to claim the love of God. And you're like, this is the love of God? I think not. Jesus said that one time. He said, I trow not or I think not about certain things that people do. So, you know, we are very fortunate that we have uh, such an experience that we know better. We know differently. We are very, very blessed to have experienced the real love of God and that People who have the love of God, they don't have hate, okay? They die to hate. When hate tries to rise up, they defeat that in prayer and worship and praise. They lift their hearts with their hands to heaven, and they praise God. And as we experience Acts 3.19, as we become converted, as we become changed, as Jesus gave an example of in the days of his flesh of what prayer can do, how that it changed him, and that's what prayer is designed to do. It's it's not you pointing the finger at everybody else. That's love without the simu- That's love with dissimulation. That's 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 causing division and schisms. But when you genuinely pray. You're going to get victory over spirits. You're going to get victory over your flesh. And you're going to, the fashion of your countenance is going to be changed. I told you about the before, about the laborer and her husband that had gone to Africa and labored there for maybe 40 years plus. And at one time they were going through customs and uh the customs official was in his uniform and looking very official. Uh, this s- sister was on the line, and she was number two. The first person stepped up to the desk, and this man began to deal with them, this customs man, and she was standing there, and she was very fearful because they were bringing in equipment into the to this country in Africa and they were going to try to film and send it back to the United States and show what the work was and what was going on. And uh, they were fearful that they would confiscate the equipment and give them a hard time. And she said all of a sudden while she was standing there, somebody brushed by her and kind of bumped her a little bit. Nothing real rough but enough that she knew and felt it. And it was right about the time that she was going up it was her turn to go up to the official, the customs official. And the customs official um, got such a rough look on his face when he saw her. You know, the spirit in him didn't like the spirit in her. And uh, and so she began to be very concerned because his face color changed, his countenance changed. He was so ugly and and such a hatefulness about him. And she said, all of a sudden, that man that had brushed by her, he went around the table and he spoke in the ear of the customs official. And she said she watched it visibly. She watched his countenance change. And all the anger went away and the blood drained out of his face. And he got a smile on his face. And his whole attitude and countenance changed. And he he just looked at her passport and looked at the equipment and just stamped it and gave it to her and said, you have a nice day. man. And so her testimony was she knew it was going to be a good year because she'd already brushed shoulders with an angel because that guy disappeared. He was gone. So my my point is that prayer, the presence of God, changes things. And in, when we pray, it's designed to change us for the good. It's designed to help us get victory over this flesh that in it dwells no good thing, and that it's so easily negatively affected by spirits and the enemy, and that we can find ourselves in bad temper. Uh, we, we we can get very easily get influenced by the wrong thing. I, I believe that... Um, the reason we no longer have WSWN is because I believe that they targeted our area and they wanted the radio station to reach the people of our area and that they more or less wanted to bring in a, a propaganda and they wanted to begin to shape lives and, and, and minds uh, to do what they'd like them to do, vote the way they'd like them to vote, think the way they'd like them to think but you know something church family um when you get into church when you get baptized in Jesus name and you get filled with the holy ghost if you had been in any way involved or really addicted to politics you get delivered from that i got news for you politics is a dirty business it's lying and it's cheating and it's stealing it's all kinds of propaganda and and personally I'm not interested in this world except for the people of this world. I'm not out to save whales or manatees or bears by whatever color they might be, brown or black or whatever grizzly bear. I think he's kind of mixed and he's got silver tips. I'm not interested in, in that. That's not what my mind is on. That's not what my, I saw a lady yesterday. You've seen when they put the papoose over the front of you and you hold the baby, you know, and you walk wherever you're going. Well, she had that on, but she had a dog. You know? I'm not into saving dogs either. I'm not against the dog. I'm not against the whale or the grizzly bear either. Unless he's chasing me. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think we want to realize, I know that we need to realize, that we deal with the most important commodity, if you want to use that term, anywhere. We save souls. We're reaching people. Heaven and hell is in the balance here. Not interested in my mind getting all tied up in the same old, same old, same old that's been for centuries. The spirit of politics hasn't changed. Some of the arguments are exactly the same. The motives are certainly the same. I I if I wouldn't do anything. In praying for all these, and we're supposed to do that, all of these politicians and all of those that are in authority, we're praying that they get an eye, a mind-opening experience to the truth of God's Word, and that they would begin to get God conscious. Right? That's what we're praying for, for them, so that we can live quietly and peaceably. But you watch politics brings in strife and envy. Brings, it brings out the flesh. It, it makes people argumentative, and it causes them to dissimulate. It causes them to be ugly and to fight and to kill, and, and that's part of the reason why you have wars and rumors of wars. And there's politics in religion, too. And that's why I'm glad to be in the body of Christ that has salvation. Salvation is a big difference. This is a great, oh, so great salvation that he has brought to us, that he has brought to us. I'm not, I'm not looking for, you know, I finally found it. You're not going to find it in politics. You're not going to find it in arguments. You know, they're standing on the street corners, and, and they're stirring people up. Well, that's exactly the spirit that crucified Jesus the Christ on the cross, literally, physically. Because they got in among the crowd, and the, the leader, the governor, if you please, was saying, I, today's a feast day, I can let somebody go, I'm going to let Jesus the Christ go. And they got in among the crowd, the agitators, and the agitators then are the same as they are now, they're paid, hired guns, if you please, to go in there and agitate. And here's what you agitate them to, and they're instructed to what to do. And in those days, it was the religious group that was promoting that agitation through the agitators. And as it said in one place, certain fellows, certain lewd men, L-E-W-D, certain lewd men, people who were lacking in morals, people who were lacking in principles. They were base. And they had criminal intent. And he said, you, these certain men of, lewd men of baser, the baser sort, the, the low end rung of things. They just had no principles about them. They'd do anything for a dollar. And they went in among the crowd and they got the crowd chanting, crucify him, crucify him, until they did. Until they did. I was told here just recently that when we were up at Fort Myers, some of the young men had stopped somewhere, and they had their shirts on, you know, apostolic life. And and uh, there was a man there, and all of a sudden he looked up and saw their shirt, and he said, you shouldn't be wearing that shirt. So the young man looked at him and said, why not? And he, the man just kept saying over and over, you shouldn't be wearing that shirt. And he went on his computer, and he just started shaking his head. And I, I just, I said, man, I wished I'd have been there. Oh, I wish I would have been there. I would have liked to sat down right opposite him and held his feet to the fire. Tell me why we shouldn't be wearing that shirt, sir. Tell me why. You know, I'd like to have held his feet to the fire on that one. And, uh, but you know what? And I wouldn't have done it ugly or to fight him. I would have done it ho- in hopes to to see a door open in his mind that we could have the truth unto him. That we bring the original message. We bring the truth. We don't bring something that agitates. We don't bring hate. We bring the love of God. We bring the salvation of God. We're not trying to twist somebody's mind to get all caught up in this world. Okay? We're trying to get people involved in the work of God. We're trying to get people involved in looking up so that they'll be thinking about going to heaven, which is a reality. Because the only other option is the opposite direction. And the reality of that is unpleasant to the max. Okay? You know, there, you know, people, of course, the enemy has infiltrated society and and, you know, makes jokes. Makes jokes. He's got jokes. And uh, you know, going to be a big party, gonna be with all my friends. That's why I'm going there. There's not gonna be any party there. Number one, it was canceled due to fire. Hello. There's not going to be anything funny. There's going to be screaming. There's going to be wailing. There's going to be gnashing of teeth. And there's going to be no end to it. No end to it. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. And you couldn't give me one good reason or one anything that would be worth chasing after and and separating from the church separating from what's good and right, clean and wholesome and has salvation attached to it. Jesus made this statement somebody came to him and in coming to him, they said, Good master. <laughs> well, Jesus wanted to let this person know exactly how it it really was. And he said, Why callest thou me good? You know, Jesus knew a setup when he when he heard it. Why callest thou me good? And uh Jesus said, there's none good but one, and that is God. So that's the flesh giving glory to the spirit that dwelled in him to the fullness. But he wanted everybody to know that in this flesh there was no good thing. Don't glorify this flesh. Don't lift this flesh up. Don't get caught away with so-called heroes and celebrities and things of that Nature, you know, because all of that is going to come to nothing. The only thing that's worth living for, the only thing that is good, is God. And He is a spirit, John 4 and 24. And He's everywhere. And He's everywhere looking for people who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And i tell you from the Bible that there are people in hell. They would give anything, anything to get out. Anything. They would, they would, they're giving promises. I'll worship you. I'll lift my heart with my hands and I'll worship you. I will shout.
1: I will dance.
0: I will, I will have a right spirit. I will have a right attitude. I will speak words of peace and love of God. And on and on it goes. But there's no getting out. There's no getting out. I suppose it's going to be a fleeting moment when hell gives up the dead and they stand before the judgment of Almighty God him who sits upon the throne, one that sat upon the throne. And that hell will be cast into the lake of fire. It's going to be a very, the briefest of brief moments. It's what The old preachers preached the double death. The second death. There's nothing funny There's nothing comical. I'm for godly humor. I'm not against that. Somebody texted me this morning, bless their heart, and uh, appealed for, was appealing for prayer. And they went through a list of things. And uh, when they got done with the long list, then they said, Oh, by the way, hello. <laughs> I started laughing. I thought that was a great punchline right at the end there, just you know. And uh but sometimes we're loaded. You know, sometimes we're loaded and we just and we're harried and we're in a hurry and we're trying to, to get things out. And uh and for this person I've made it abundantly, my wife and I have made it abundantly clear that we would do anything in our power to help any way we could, any way we could. That'd be our way of saying hello, good morning. But I want to tell you something. What's going to make a good morning, what's going to make a good day, what's going to make a good life is getting into church and sticking with it, staying with it. There's no career, vocation, amount of money, there's no nothing. And that's what Jesus was saying. Why callest thou me good? You know, one preacher destroyed another preacher, so-called preacher, in a debate because the preacher was this false preacher was trying to say there's more than one God. And so he used that very verse and he asked the question, He said, is Jesus not good? Well, how in the world was that man going to say Jesus wasn't good? That wasn't going to work very well, was it? And with one scripture, he destroyed the man. destroyed the man. I'm saying to you that you better know what's good. You better know that everything that is attached to the Spirit of the Lord is good. And he is looking for you. He's trying to give you the very best of everything. And if you find yourself in the contrary mode, if you find yourself, you know, yesterday we had to take up some tile, and the tile had been laid over linoleum, so it actually made the job a little easier. Because they took that flat shovel and they got it underneath that linoleum and, you know, angled it, and it caused the tile to pop up. Made the job a little easier. Didn't have to go rent a special chipping tool. Saved money, saved time, saved effort, getting the job done. But what I'm saying to you is that you don't want anything, as he said, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Not going to let anything get between me and the church me and God, me and the truth. And you're not going to. Yesterday, we saw a big, tall young man. He used to come to church here. And uh, he um, moved away. lives in West Palm now. Hadn't seen him in quite some time. And the young man that was with me ran him down and said, hey, man, he said, uh you know, how you doing? And, Boy, are we sure we should come back out to church. He said, well, you know, I moved over here. He said, but I want to tell you something. He said, senior pastor, put something in us and we can't find anywhere else. That's what he said. Quote, unquote, that was his words. That was his words. And I've told you before, the teachings that have been handed down, you don't find it just anywhere. You may find certain parts and things. Maybe I would even dare to call it general things. You're not going to find the finer tuning. You're not going to find the balance just anywhere. This is good. This is way good. This isn't about when they were all together with the those brethren that were different and they were sitting down and having fellowship. Peter was there, Paul was there. And all of a sudden certain congregation walked in. They were Jewish. And when they walked in, Peter popped up like toast and went with them. And then he said, and then Barnabas, he also got carried away with their dissimulation. It was was a making of strife. It was an attitude. It was making a schism, a division among them. And that's where you read that Paul withstood Peter to the face, he said, because he was to be blamed. And I won't go into that right now, but the point is, is that there's there's some teachings here, church family, that don't need to be overlooked. You watch people do things, and they do it in the name of Jesus. They do it in the name of being in the church. It does not reflect what we teach, that we're not like that. We're not full of hatred. We're not full of prejudice. We're not full of bigotry. We don't discriminate or dissimulate. And so it's important for you to realize just how good you've got it, how good it is to be in the church to be a part of this good God. And he instructs us with his good word. And he blesses us with his good blessings. And he heals us with his good spirit. He does so many great and wonderful things that you don't want to take it for granted. And you want to be very careful. What words come out of your mouth? The writer said let the words of my mouth meditation of my heart let it be acceptable in thy sight O oh Lord you know often you know people pray and say put a put an angel at the door of my my lips but I won't, I won't say it wrong you know well before you say it wrong you got to be thinking it wrong and so the Bible said, let that person forsake those unrighteous thoughts. Let's get rid of that. Let's, let's, have, let's have church. Let's worship God. Let's get a breakthrough in our lives individually. Let's separate from everything except cleaving, sticking to the church, to the Word of God. To the presence of the Lord. There's a lot of things I need to give up. I finally got away from Tootsie Rolls. Now I got to get rid of jelly beans the yellow ones and the orange ones. Don't much care for the other colors, don't like the taste. Crazy taste buds, what can I tell you? But, uh, you know, seeing Schitzfeld told me the other day, she said certain things she named, and she said, They're my enemy. Of course, one of them was sugar. And it's uh, pretty bad when an Italian's enemy is pasta. Because, <laughs> you know, that just turns to sugar, along with that bread. And, uh, you know, it's just a shame that everything that tastes so good is so bad for you, especially when it's fried or pickled, you know. My good brother back there, he loves that pickled stuff until he gets a gout. <laughs> He's they, not too happy about it. But, you know, we get feeling a little bit better and we're back in the pickle jar <laughs> <laughs> or back in the cookie jar or whatever. Yeah. And then and then, I it reminded me of an advertisement many, many, many years ago and the stomach was protesting to the man and the man was saying he was going to have pepperoni pizza for dinner that night or late that night for a midnight snack, I guess. And, and his stomach said to him, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, but you you're gonna, I'm going to get you. <laughs> he said, you know, you're going to get whatever, you know. And, uh, oh, brother. So there are things that I need to give up. I need to let go of them for my sake for my body's sake, for my health's sake. But I don't ever, ever want to separate from the church. I don't ever, by the grace of God, want to leave the church. Paul was on a a ship where he had warned, you should take heed when the preacher speaks. And he warned them. He said, this trip, is going to be with much loss and hurt. They got to thinking about money. And they just brushed aside what he said. And unfortunately, he was kind of tied to them. And he uh, found himself on this ship heading to Rome. And he was going to be hurt for people and for cargo, loss. And sure enough, and you know, the preacher does not want to be, and I told you so, even when he's told you so. And so sure enough, here comes a storm, and uh, the ship is rocking all over the place, it's a pretty good-sized ship. Wasn't a rowboat, wasn't a dinghy, and uh, they're getting knocked all over the place. To the point that it was so bad the storm that they didn't, they couldn't reckon their course because there was no sun, and by day and no stars by night that they could see. Everything was just blotted out by clouds. And the waves were ferocious, and the wind was beating vehemently against the ship. And they threw things overboard, trying to make the ship a little lighter, be able to navigate the seas, the wind, and uh, nothing was working. And you know what? You better be careful because you'll find out nothing else doesn't work. No matter how much they tell you on the radio, no matter what they're saying when they get together and they're jawing and talking and, you know, Now, Paul said, "Well, I think I need to go find me a place to pray." He found him a little prayer closet. He shut the door. And he began to pray. When he came out of that prayer room, friend, I want you to know everything's going to be all right. Or as I told somebody, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> So they got a big kick out of that. I mean, uh, at my lame attempt at my Jamaican, Jamaicanese. And so uh, he came out of that prayer room. He told them. He said, 276 souls. He said, except you abide with the ship. that you stay with it. Except you stick with it. Cleave to it. You cannot be saved. In other words, put it positively. Stay with the church, and you can be saved. And the this, this storm got rough, and, and there is no logic to a spirit. When people get affected by a spirit, and it's always going to be a negative effect, there's no logic. There's no logic. spirit will try to tell you that two and two is 6 You're be going to be gone. But a spirit isn't logical. A spirit, an attitude that comes from the devil, if you'd like. Uh, I liken it to a disease. I liken it to getting the flu to try to help you understand about a spirit and how it will blind your mind. And it will make absolutely no sense at all. But you'll find yourself listening. Find yourself being pulled, going along with it. the continual dropping of the water. weareth away the rock, the scripture says. And if you're not careful, you'll keep listening, you'll keep listening, you'll keep entertaining, you'll keep listening. And you think you're being wise, he'll convince you that you're being wise. You're being smart. Still come up before four. Do it still hold What the scriptures teach and what the scriptures say what the pastor is saying is right. He still is. Come on. So you, you've got to take heed to yourself the scriptures. Take heed heed. And as Paul Stood there on that ship encouraging everybody. You had these very smart people. And they look at a little boat on the big boat. On the big ship. Little boat, little lifeboat. And they say, We're gonna get on the little boat. And we're gonna leave the big ship. Duh. If the big ship is having trouble in the storm, what's the leadership going to have? Oh, brother. But I'm telling you, when there's a spirit involved, it it's not going to make any sense. People, people have a, it's like a man said one time, he said, I'm going to make a fleece to the Lord. I want to go do this. I'm not putting any names to it, and uh, the names are omitted to protect the guilty. (laughs) Okay, so um, in this case, though, the guilty did repent, of which I'm very, very thankful because he's now dead, and I'm very glad he repented before he died. But anyway, he uh, told his son, his oldest son, he said, I'm going to. I'm gonna make a fleece. He wanted what he wanted. And he was going to try to be spiritual about it. So a couple of weeks passed, and the son said to his dad, said, So, did you get your fleece answered? He said, No, but I'm going anyway. Human spirit. Human spirit in the flesh world no good thing. Human spirit gets very negatively affected by spirits and there's no logic doesn't make any sense but I'm going anyway oh he paid for it yes he did he paid for it he paid for it financially he paid for it with his family he paid for it with his health he paid for it just about in every imaginable way. Cleave to the church. Stick with the church. Stay with what's right. The program, the plan, the Word of God, the chapter and verse, the subject matter. You have a chance to to be raised with the perfect manner of grace you have a chance to have the true grace of God in your life. The true teaching of God. But some people want to chuck that overboard for the little dinghy or or they want to step away from the and give more heed to guys on the street corner. The guys that are were standing around when they were 16, 17, and 18, and now they're 30 and 35, and they're still talking the same old junk. <laughs> oh, did I mention they live with their mama? Excuse me, sorry. But we got a motorcycle. We got 32s. Okay. But we're listening to these people, and we're listening to people on the radio. We're listening to people that are just yada, 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 and talking the same old junk. And it just makes for dissimulation. It just stirs up your flesh and your human spirit. It just gets you involved in things that are going to pass away. How many that's going to pass away? But this book is not going to pass away. You hear me? Cleave to the Word of God, cleave to the church, cleave, stick to the things that are right. Don't let anything get between you and what's right, what's good. Nothing. Say, well, I'm not going to lose. Well, hey, you know what? If you stick with God, you won't lose. You won't lose. You won't lose. You will not lose. Paul was told, God said of Paul, he said, I've showed him how great things He must suffer for my name's sake. Isaiah 53 said it pleased the Lord, meaning the Spirit. It pleased the Spirit to bruise the flesh. Sometimes it is true that bad things or tough things or challenging things or hard things happen to good, godly people. I had a preacher friend that he told me about a woman that prayed and fasted so much. He said when she came to church, he said, you could feel the difference. He said it, it was that, that pronounced. And he said, eventually, he said, she she went stark raving mad. She lost her mind. And she died in the psalm. Now, if I said cancer, you wouldn't have any problem with that, you know. But this was a, a disease of the mind. It's important, church family, to realize that everything isn't going to go just the way you want it to go or people are telling you it ought to go. You can come on. Up. People people uh, are are saying that it should go and it should be this way. And they just yada yada all the time. You know, we serve God. And His ways are not our ways. And His thoughts are above our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are His ways above our ways. We trust Him. Everybody said amen? We trust Him. We're committing the keeping of our souls. Unto him. That's what we're doing. We want to cleave to the Lord. We want to stick. Stick with this truth. Stick with this message. Don't allow anything. Nothing to get between you and and the truth and the message. Oh, we're gonna go ahead and do it. You're going to go where and do what in your little dinghy? Your little lifeboat. Might as well just borrow somebody's rubber ducky. Don't be silly. Don't be deceived. Don't give ear to the wrong things. He that hath ears, let him hear. What the Spirit has to say, what God has to say—that's who you want to be listening to. How is it written when you, when they, when you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again? In other words, you shouldn't be doing a lot of listening and getting all that junk put in you. You ought to be teaching them. Ask yourself. How many of them have I taught Bible study? How many of them have I given them at least a, a five-minute Bible study about Acts 238? But yet I, I listen to them and they just go on all day long with their junk. Or I listen to the radio and just think all day long. We need to we need to realize what we have. You need to realize who you're called to be. To be a son or a daughter of God. To let your light so shine before people. You're in and out and about people. You need to be that angel, that messenger that brushes shoulders and bring something good into somebody's life. Something helpful. Internally helpful. You know, they'll all be painting their faces and they'll be. Uh, they had a picture in the newspaper just a day or two ago. And this guy with a horrible looking face. And I said, Here, honey, look at this. And she looked at me and she went, Wow, oh! And I said, What? I said, He's a Dolphins fan. all caught up but they're not going to be caught up in that first resurrection you, hear me? you don't want to miss that for nothing not for any championship so-called and seasons come and seasons go teams come and teams go people die people die and and then their statues don't mean anything, do they? Their plaques don't mean anything. Their records don't mean anything. Can't help them at all. Can't do anything for them. But the Holy Ghost can resurrect you in the first resurrection. That you'll, no matter how bad your hearing was when you died, you'll hear that voice. It says, give up my people. North, south, east, and west. Bring them to me. How glorious it's going to be. And how glad you're going to be. you stayed with the church. You clung to this. You cleave to this. You stuck to this. You develop some stickability. You know. And uh I don't want I don't want to liken it to gorilla glue or duct tape or anything else because they're all inferior. Jesus is the glue that holds us together. By him all things consist, the scripture said. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? This is this is not designed to lose its power to hold you after 5 years or 10 years or 20 years or whatever. No amount of time But you've got to do your part. You've got to do your part. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's take a moment lift our hearts with our hands. And let's love our great God together. Get ready to worship and praise Him this very morning. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, holy Jesus. I give you praise, Lord. I give you thanks, Lord. Oh, God, put in us that we will have the stickability no matter what doctrine comes along, no matter what voices are clamoring around us, oh, God. that We'll have faith and trust in what we have and who you are. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, dear Lord. Yeah, come on now. Chasing after you, no matter what I have to do, and I need you more and more. I'm chasing after you, no matter what.